0: If you're interested in learning more about the world of energy and energy healing, you'll want to listen to this episode. Today I'm talking all things energy with my guest, Gail Behrend. Topics will include the human energy field and why energy awareness is so important. Welcome to Evolving Humans. I'm your host, Julia Marie, and this podcast is for visionary people like you who are exploring the true nature of reality and want to contribute to the global awakening you seek to deepen the connection to your multi-dimensional self so that you can live a more conscious life Gail Behrend is my guest today She is an engineer author speaker and healer she experienced a spontaneous spiritual opening which changed her life transforming her from Skeptic to seeker. Her spiritual journey led her to explore healing energy and alternative healing. She's been an energy practitioner in Vancouver, Canada for over 25 years. Gail co authored the book Energy is Real A Practical Guide for Managing Personal Energy in Daily Life. In this episode, you'll hear about the events that triggered Gail's awakening process and changed the course of her life. Then we'll spend the rest of our time together talking energy. Welcome to Evolving Humans, Gail, and thank you for joining me today. I'm so looking forward to our conversation.
1: Me too. Thank you so much for inviting me. When and
0: how did the universe come knocking on the door of your life?
1: Well, I'll have to start by saying I was totally closed to this stuff. I was woo-phobic, all right? So you know, when people, you know, cross their fingers, like in the side of the cross, ward off the devil. That's how I was relative to um, the psychic phenomena. To me, they were either hoaxes or um, that there there must be a scientific explanation. We just don't know it yet, right? So uh, I was so close. I wouldn't even allow Bible in my house. So I could could totally relate to the skeptics out there because I was a, a hardened skeptic myself. And I was an engineer. So I was trained with science and and, uh, measurable observable things and not only that we had to actually use science to build things and those things had to be safe which meant uh, it wasn't just about the theory we had to actually uh, add all kinds of factors of safety in there to make sure that whatever we built didn't hurt anybody and Mm -hmm. my specialty happened to be in automation and controls and I ended up working in refineries on things that could explode and so it was a big deal that it worked it's a good you know for a person who has control tendencies that's a good outlet right <laughs> <laughs> a safe outlet I didn't understand the spiritual humor behind that till much later but <laughs> <laughs> what it took for me um, I was I loved my engineering career I w- had done it for 20 years and uh, I was really good at it to the point where I was one of 100 people in my area of specialty in the world and so I. St- You know, I was comfortably identified with it, right, and did well getting along with the guys uh, in my profession, because I was, when I became an engineer, engineer, there were very few women engineers, Mm -hmm. and so I was often the only one in the whole company. I made great, took great pains not to emphasize my sexuality, and, you know, I wore professional clothing, so I didn't try to be a guy, because I didn't want to be, but uh, I didn't, i didn't make myself overtly feminine either so and so then we could just be humans together and so that approach really went well but the one area where it didn't work so well it was in personal relationships so i had it sussed out for work but when it came to um, uh, my intimate relationships sometimes i forgot to turn off the engineer would get into intellectual arguments with my boyfriend and that sort of thing and I did meet someone whom I loved, and we moved in together. We were together for four years. We were talking marriage and kids. We were looking to buy a house together. So we had really progressed along the relationship track to that that stage where, you know, it's getting mm-hmm. serious. And so after four years together, that sort of thing, in my engineer mind had, had neatly plotted out my future. Oh, yeah, it's going to be the house in the suburbs, mm-hmm. the 2.5 kids, mm-hmm. the... English sheepdog and the station wagon in the driveway which mm-hmm. nowadays would be a minivan so that was it and I was smugly comfortable in where my life was going and, and <laughs> that and I loved him too I mean I had no doubt this is the man I was going to marry and we'd have kids and that sort of thing and we were talking about it too so then all of that that uh, was disrupted when uh, I found out That I noticed changes in his behavior towards me. He was becoming a little less respectful. He was criticizing me more and stuff, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what was going on. But eventually, it turned out he was seeing someone else Mm -hmm. while we were living together, and I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. Not. It felt like my whole world had had been an earthquake, and my future just dropped off the edge of a of a cliff. And my heart was broken because i had totally trusted him and i was willing to spend the rest of my life together and we were plotting planning that out and unbeknownst to me he was also seeing someone else so i was devastated and um, it was my apartment we were living in so i had i realized i just couldn't continue to live with him if this was Mm -hmm. going on and so i ended up kicking him out which i had to do for my own sanity and then i went into a deep spiral of despair and uh I don't know. Some women, anyway they they tend to blame themselves for what goes wrong in the relationship, and that's what what I did. And so I was trying to find out what did I do wrong and how did I screw this up. Maybe that was the engineer mind trying to fix the problem. Probably, I guess. But it was it was the thoughts that were coming through my head were really self loathing, and mm-hmm. and you know you're a loser. Nobody will ever love you. You know that kind of thing. Uh, you know, worthless. And I I, I had no skills i had no energy i didn't know anything about energy and so i just suffered and i allowed this these swirling thoughts to spin me into this spiral of despair and Mm -hmm. and this bleakness and i ended up it's like i fell into the abyss and splatted on the bottom and i was just sobbing my heart out and i was like every feeling was just splatting on the floor and i was just feeling bereft and empty and worthless feeling like I could never ever have love because I was so mm-hmm. unlovable and and in that, as I came to that realization I was thinking well if that's if I can never have love what's the point of living? Exactly. And so I started thinking suicidal thoughts and you know, planning it and that sort of thing. I didn't actually harm myself but I was planning to. And uh, in that state where I felt so unlovable and, and that it was impossible to love me I suddenly heard these words ring out in my head out of nowhere but I love you Mm -hmm. and it was accompanied by a rush of golden pinky energy all the way down from my crown through my my toes into every cell and every cell it's like I got a cosmic hug and every cell was just filled with this love that I'd never experienced in my life it was it was vast and it's it's it wasn't some impersonal energy it Mm -hmm. knew me it was talking to me (laughs) and -hmm. and, and it saw me including my flaws and all the you know things I judged myself for and and that I was still loved it's like even my flaws were loved they were cute Mm -hmm. you know just like we love ugly ugly dogs you know so (laughs) Not that I was ugly, but the the little yes. uh, the warts of my being were loved mm-hmm. too, as if they're well, they're places in development, right? So ultimately, that's how it was see, looked at. It's like there's nothing wrong. This, these are just places that are still growing, developing, yep. right? Exactly. And so, and then I was sort of expanded into this state where it was as if I was witnessing from a cosmic perspective, and. Mm-hmm. Not just feeling it in myself, but in the universe and realizing this is this is vast. It's not just a voice in my head. This is coming from way bigger than me. It wasn't human, but it was infinitely loving and mm-hmm. vast. And I, I just felt so understood and embraced. And any question that it had of my lovability evaporated in that moment because I knew just from witnessing it that I was completely loved. And I also knew in that expanded state that this, that I wasn't being singled out for special favors. I mean, I was getting a divine intervention, yes, but the truth that I was witnessing was true for all of us, right? right. This, this is, I was privileged to get get this opening into a window I never even realized existed. And also, you know, the experience of energy for the first time. This is my introduction (laughs) to energy. And it's because. It it was so tangible. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. words ringing out in my head. There was there was energy coursing through my body and in every cell. So, pragmatic engineer mind couldn't ignore it. It couldn't dismiss it as not real. Isn't the universe brilliant? (laughs) Yes, it is. And and it's. I finally years later, you know, after I'd been on my spiritual journey for a while, I realized I had to be broken open so that spirit could get to me. (laughs) I was so close. I have such a shell around my heart, that sort of thing, and it, it really is the heart that's the doorway to our spirit yes. and to our um, greater awareness, and so my heart was closed, even though I was in love and stuff, and I didn't know how limited I was, because I didn't know any else, anything else, right? And later, I saw what a blessing it had been, that, that I'd had my heart broken, because it broke it open, so that I could then mm-hmm. know this, and this saved my life, it literally saved my life, and then that, of course the engineer had to you know i had to figure it out and what the heck was that you know that does not compute i don't know any this doesn't fit my reality so my reality is obviously wrong cuz this is real so i had to uh, ex- learn and so i became hungry that's how i became a seeker i became hungry to learn what was that what did i just experience what where did it come from no I, i'd never know anything like that my initial journey was was intellectual cuz that was my safe that's how my engineer mind dealt with life. It you know, I processed it intellectually first, and so for about ten years, I was uh, suddenly e reading. And in fact, that it was before the internet, so it was I had to learn books. everything Library. by books, exactly, <laughs> and uh, at <and> lectures <laughs> that and old that sort technology. of technology, old, te- which I still love. And, and then somebody suggested the books by Jane Roberts, the Seth material. Seth, and you speaks. were Are off you and running. With those? Yeah. Oh my God! And when I got You know, and I was so new to this. My mind was just being boggled every five seconds. And I I remember opening the book. You know, I think it was Seth Speaks. Again, I would never have read a book like that. That was just too weird. Uh, A channeled book. Are you kidding? But because of this shift, I was willing to suspend my disbelief Mm -hmm. until I'd at least finished the book. Then I would decide whether I believed it or not. And the weird part, though, was that as I read it, I always learning about parallel realities and, and, you know, the, the nature of personal consciousness and that sort of thing. The weird part was that, and it felt like there were all these little, you know, tumblers clicking, the like, locks and un- into unlocking place. Exactly. Yep. But like weird connections happening in my brain. I could feel it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I realized, you know, this is this is strangely familiar. I don't know, I'd never heard this before, but I know this. That's because you started to remember. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So somehow the veil was thinning in parts of my mm-hmm. brain I guess and uh, and and that's what sold me on it was this recognition. It wasn't just information I'd taken in. It was I know this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I know it. It's nothing anybody's ever taught me in this life and I you know, I wouldn't even have talked about other lives before reading some of these books. So as a result of all that after 10 years of staying in my head and exploring intellectually I started to realize okay I realized that um, I haven't done anything about my broken heart. <laughs> I've been hiding out my my intellect, but uh, the hurt's still there. Mm-hmm. And so that started my my uh, my deepening. Mm-hmm. It was okay. I can't just read about it. I'm going to have to do something. Start to do some healing. Okay. Yeah. That, that I had just come to the place uh, when I realized I'm going to actually need healing. And, uh, and I wouldn't even have admitted that I need to or even seen a psychologist or anything like that was so not in my independent, you know, mind frame. But I, I had to confess that I don't know how to heal emotions. And I happened to go into a New Age bookstore in Hamburg where I was living at the time. And lo and behold, I, I, I was looking at a lower shelf uh, of some books and the, one of the the staff came by with a box of new books, and they put one right in front of my nose. And the title was The Healing of Emotions. (laughs) And so I I think this was for me. I think that was a little hint. (laughs) Yes. And then uh, the other really important thing that happened in that journey was I came across The Course in Miracles.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because... Having had that experience and known, suddenly I knew just from my own direct experience that there was vast intel- loving intelligence that didn't fit into my, my previous uh, view of life. Uh, there was something inspired in that. And so I guess a part of me hoped that there was something, but it felt like if there was a divine being, it would be so vast and far beyond me that it wouldn't possibly be interested in anything that's <laughs> going on in my little life, right? Surprise. So I was wrong, yeah, and uh, I was limited, as you said, and uh, I got unlimited. And lo and behold, when I, I started, and I love it because it teaches you how to open to the Holy Spirit in you, and, and that the Holy Spirit, and I love how how you were talking about that energy as the energy of peace, that golden mm-hmm. pinky energy. Well, the prayer to the Holy Spirit is, Holy Spirit, this holy instant would I give to you, be you in charge for I would follow you certain that your direction gives me peace mm. everything mm-hmm. I read in The Course of Miracles resonated with my own experience it didn't contra- didn't contradict with it didn't in any way direct me it, t- it was just so congruent with my experience that I thought I think I want to study this and so mm. I've been doing it since then you know for 30 something years now and uh, I, I still I still love it and it still deepens me I, I still weep uh sometimes when I open it um and and I will in meditation I'll, and so I, I actually work with the holy spirit in my life mm-hmm. and uh, and also Jesus because he's the author of, of the course of miracles right through a channel and I I just just feel Jesus so, is
0: my older brother too
1: say, oh isn't that wonderful that's oh, how yeah. I see him that's how uh-huh. I see him and yeah. and at that level of affection right yes. it's like you would uh, someone you can even tease and mm-hmm. you know, joke with because he's your brother, mm-hmm. you know. Except he's been been around a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's so cool that you've mm-hmm. had a similar experience. So this is when I check in with guidance. It's usually with the Holy Spirit, uh, and Jesus, Jesus usually pops in because uh, he often has comments to make. Mm-hmm. I welcome and and he's very practical. I like that, and maybe it's just because I need that as a because I'm a human, I need the human aspect as well, which he understands. And then sometimes I also, for special special guidance, I may call in certain angels, yeah, uh, who are specialists in certain areas. So, uh, but most my go-to guidance, uh, most of the time, well, all the time, is the Holy Spirit and Jesus, and only because of the Course in Miracles, which teaches you step by step how to open to your own connection with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. It's in all of us. It's really, yeah. other people call it the still small voice within, but it's it's deeply connected. It's a similar energy to that yes. voice. And I love that it's called the voice for God. So mm-hmm. what I heard was a voice. So it just all fell into place. And I think, Oh, that's what that was. And so it's just been such a wonderful support for me in my journey. And uh, I mean, not that I've stopped reading other things, but that's that's been like, the anchor, the, mm-hmm. the, the place I go to first when I'm looking for answers. Uh, no, actually, the place I go to first is inside, but if I can't find <laughs> it there, then I'll ask for guidance. Say, so is there something in The Course of Miracles you want me to read right now? Page 52. Okay, thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if you could go back to the time before your spiritual awakening and tell yourself one thing,
1: what would it be and Why? I don't know what I would tell myself. I don't think I would have listened. <laughs> but uh, the message I would want her to know is that I am loved. Not only am I loved, but I am loving. Mm-hmm. And that love is a big part of who I am. And, and I will never be happy unless I express it in my life, you know, whether it's creatively or or uh, in writing or or just in my being. I know she wouldn't have listened to me. <laughs> she would have done the cross, you know. But, but that's okay. I. We got through anyway somehow.
0: <laughs> so is there anything else you'd like to add about your awakening experience that you feel is important for the listeners to know?
1: Well, to those who are in despair, I my heart goes out to them. I know what that was like. And ask them to hang in there and open your just just call out through your heart, go into your heart and call out for help. And just Wait, it will come. Mm-hmm. It will come. The thing I learned was, this, like you suggested, that spirit waits on welcome. Mm-hmm. It does not interfere, unlike the ego, which interferes all the time. Yep. Spirit, because you have free will, it honors that and requires you to ask. Not because it's trying to make you grovel, <laughs> but because it 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 wants it to come from your free will. It wants you to actually request help. It won't interfere otherwise. And and it won't interfere after either, but it'll help you work with whatever's happening. And uh, and that was the, the, a big lesson that that's one of the ways you could tell the difference between mm-hmm. those voices in your head yes. is that the ego is going to be making demands. It'll be shrieking and shrill and you should <laughs> this, 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 you know, and it'll be judging you. You're yeah. wrong. You're bad. You're stupid. It'll, it'll never be satisfied, but if you're able to connect with the inner voice, the inner guidance, which is in your heart, you have to go in your heart. And I remember Spirit telling me this once uh, when I was all caught up in ego, and I was asking for guidance, and it said, go into your heart. The ego can't follow you there. Now that's a bumper sticker. Isn't it? Yeah, I have to make a, a mug or something with that mm-hmm. on there.
0: <laughs> We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about energy and energy healing. You know, I was struck by a comment or a statement you made as I was reading through your, I think it was on your website. Own your energy, own your life. It could be a throwaway statement if you're not paying attention. Yeah. But it's very profound. So what is is that,
1: what is the message? Oh my gosh. It's because our whole experience of life, we're creating it with our energy. Mm-hmm. with our thoughts with our emotions with with our actions as well but uh, you know the vast majority of people aren't aware of how powerful they are and that their their thoughts actually are creating their experience instead they blame it on others mm-hmm. uh, and they totally disown there's the own coming in and they totally disown their energy and disown responsibility for what's happening that they're bringing on themselves i think it's time people realize it, it's definitely you have to own your energy because otherwise you'll remain a victim. If you don't own it, who does, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't own your own energy, who does Mm -hmm. And So, uh, and there's such a tendency uh, these days for people to choose the victim role. Why, you know, why would you want to place yourself, you know, make, make your happiness dependent on someone else doing what you ask them to do or want them to do. They may, or they may not, but, either way you're you know they're you're stuck with you're, you're kind of can't do anything because you're waiting for them to change right would why, why would you want to live your life like that when you actually can choose for yourself whether you're going to put up with with something? it doesn't mean you have to harm them or hurt them or revenge against them just make a dis- different decision I, I would definitely recommend people start learning how to do creative visualization Mm -hmm. and to actually hold a vision for what do you want to forget what you don't want when you focus on being a victim on how how somebody else is doing this that hurts not just you but anyone else that you perceive as a victim there's a lot of righteous anger that comes up right and they don't realize how that keeps them a victim because they need victimizers to feel that righteous anger right there's a there's a bit of an ego payoff for that they can feel in they can feel as a victim that they're innocent and that they that they're they're good and every you know the other people are bad and they're disowning their own shadow stuff uh, and therefore not able to be fully themselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and they they aren't allowed to have anger unless it's righteous anger right I guess get some bad guy but anger itself is is a perfectly legitimate feeling if it's expressed properly yeah yeah not in a in a harmful way to, you know aggressively to hurt somebody mm-hmm. and uh, so this I just felt like this is this is an essential part of our being we need to own it because otherwise we'll just be constantly at the at the whim of what other people do whether they intend it or not mm-hmm. we're going to be at the, their whim right that's what owning your energy also means taking responsibility for it what do you do even mm-hmm. unconsciously that hurts others you know that that interferes with others and you know if if you're for example my mom she in her generation that was common that She believed that if you love somebody, you worry about them. And so that was her demonstrating her love. Well, I'm just, it's just because I love you. Well, you know, if you love me, don't visualize me having a car accident. (laughs) (laughs) What would you rather happen to me? Well, I'd rather you had a safe journey home. Well, good, visualize that, you know. (laughs) Because not only do I have to deal with my own worries, but I have to deal with hers Yours too. too. Right? So it's like adding a burden to your loved ones. So for all of, all of your listeners out there who believe that worrying about your loved ones is is helpful, here's a heads up. It's not, it's a mm-hmm. burden. And if you love, truly love them, hold a vision for the the best outcome possible for them. Have, have Visualize them happy, fulfilled. Even if they're not right now, visualize them that way, at least for five minutes so that that positive energy is feeding them energetically. And, mm-hmm. and who knows in that five minute interval, who knows, because we're so connected, that might spark some some intuition or some idea in them that changes the course of their life in a positive way. That's the other aspect of owning your energy, is the recognizing we do interact whether we want to or not. It's yep. it's it's part of part of how energy works.
0: You say energy awareness should be a basic life skill. You've talked about some reasons why, but why is this so important?
1: Well, because, I mean, we, we all trust our physical senses, right? I mean, we, uh-huh. would, we would hate to be deprived of any one of them. Our energy senses are, are just as natural, and they're, they're, they give us far more information about our, our reality, about life, and they're meant to help us. They're natural equipment why would we deliberately not use all our senses they're there for a reason and not only that they're they're an essential component of our connection to our spirit our purpose our passion but so many people wander around kind of lost not knowing what to do with their lives you know what's right for me they don't know that actually built into their energy system is a compass yeah uh, like a life path compass And uh, a true false detector, Mm -hmm. they have all of that's built in. They can, if they allow themselves, they can discern when somebody's lying to them. I mean, abusers use the fact that people are energy blind all the time. Mm -hmm. They will, if you accuse them of something, you you pick up something intuitively and they'll say, I didn't say that. You're you're making that up. (laughs) They'll totally deny what they're Mm -hmm. doing, but they are doing things energetically to influence you. And the fact that nobody is, able to name it in our culture it means they get away with it and they and you look at you turn out looking like an idiot you know like mm-hmm. you're you're uh, oversensitive or whatever but there is truth to th- what we're sensing energetically is real it can be distorted i mean our senses you know they go through our filters just just like our our thoughts uh, whatever we believe will color how we interpret them mm-hmm. like the the actual senses themselves are are uh are honest but we we always imply put our interpretation on it and that's true for our physical senses too right sure. so that's one of the things that's i believe people need to learn is how to discern whether this is this is an old pattern of yours that you're mm-hmm. superimposing on a new relationship for example you know how yep. we repeat problems in relationship it's because we're we're reading into what we're sensing Based on what we've always believed, mm-hmm. and and sometimes we'll be unfairly accusing somebody of something when that wasn't really Case. wasn't their intention. So actually, having clear energy perception helps a lot of remove a lot of that confusion. If I am more aware of
0: what my filters are, that would help me kind of compensate when the information's coming to me. I can adjust based on my awareness, oh, that might be a filter.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. so you need to know what your filters are exactly. That, that, that's very important. that's, that's true. I, I like to think of the world and I probably this is probably not original, but I like to think of the world that I perceive as the map of consciousness, because it's coming through my perceptions. Yes, it is. So it means that what I actually register in my mind is actually already filtered, but that tells me what my filters are. So if I if I could stand back enough from it that I could say, oh, that's curious, I'm, I'm perceiving this, that must mean I believe this. Especially if you see a recurring pattern, right? That's, yep. that's, that's the, like a dead giveaway. Dead giveaway, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Well, I like to tell people, the universe will rearrange itself to fit your picture of reality. So That's exactly right. what you said, what I'm seeing out there is what I'm
1: believing inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I think energy awareness helps, helps you to discern the truth from deception and also from your own filters. If we're
0: all connected, how does the news of like, Banda Ace, or fire in Hawaii, or some other catastrophe or natural disaster—you know, hurricane in Louisiana—how does that affect us individually and collectively when we hear about that?
1: Well, it's—it's uh, going to depend on your your filters, mm-hmm. first of all. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't feel connected to that part of the world, you may you may say, "Oh, that's too bad," and then you go on doing what you were doing. But ultimately, because we're all connected, there is an impact, and and the energy waves do propagate, and those who are sensitive will pick it up. Yeah. I always loved that scene in Star Wars, right, where um, Obi-Wan Kenobi says, I sense a disturbance in the forest. I had a really strange experience. Remember nine one one? Oh, yes, I do. I had just had a meditation that day. I was going into work, but I hadn't been, gotten in yet. And I had a beautiful man, med- and I just felt so much love and compassion, and I was just just sort of flying in this wonderful rosy state driving to work and then i see all this stuff happening in the buildings right that everyone was glued to the the their monitors looking at the 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 scenes of what was happening in the burning mm-hmm. buildings and i thought well that's so weird why was i picking up love and compassion and then i go so i was tuned into a higher frequency of spirit holding Mm -hmm. love and compassion for us and for those who were trapped in the buildings, they were being welcomed on the other side. There was like this, I almost had this vision of like a giant Christ holding the, um, the world trade center. Well, you know, receiving all those who died into his arms know, So it was, that's, and so somebody else who is maybe more attuned to uh, lower frequencies might've felt, shock uh, antsy or scared or uh, doom and foreboding but not know why if they you Mm -hmm. know if they didn't know what had happened they might know why i feel strangely weird today i don't know nothing feels right you know i feel uh i feel scared about something Mm -hmm. or i feel i feel depressed or or nervous but they would attribute it to something you know because they didn't know that it had gone Mm -hmm. on until later they would they would attribute they'd make up some reason to explain it away right must be something I ate last night. You know, I didn't sleep well. And uh, we do, I mean, especially in the West, right? I mean, there are other cultures where energy awareness is more considered normal. So I think most of us do try and explain it away. I certainly would have a long time ago. Uh, and I was I was really mystified. Yeah, well, wow, that's so different. And I was expecting it to be a good day at work. Little did I know that mm-hmm. it was going to be uh, so profound. Uh, and then after I, you know, realized the, then I felt, you know, I, I descended into the grief and mm-hmm. the, um, the loss and the and the shock and all of that stuff, along with my co co-workers. Mm-hmm.
0: That's how we're affected by these things. It depends on our filters. These news of distant disa- distant disasters. So what can I do? How can I maintain my center or rebalance myself when I hear about something like that? Now again, it's probably going to Differ depending upon the person's degree of sensitivity, yeah. an empath is going to get hit a lot harder than someone who isn't, or an empath that doesn't know how to maintain those boundaries is going to be affected more. How can I maintain my center when I hear about those kinds of things?
1: Well, the first thing is to ground, So, um, because there's a tendency to leave your body when you're in a, a state of fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the first thing you want to do is connect to the earth deep as you can so right to the center ideally because it's uh undisturbed by human energy at the mm-hmm. center whereas the surface is full of all the other kinds of stuff mm-hmm. more energy and all of that things that we've done over the eons so go as deep as right to the core of the earth and just send all the any any um uncomfortable feelings down to that just send them down and it's like recycling or composting it mm-hmm. And then you want to refill your field with your own light. You are going to have to go into your heart to connect with your your own inner self, your your spirit. And what I do is, I I find I place my hands over the heart, and then I uh, I let the warmth of my hands sort of gently open my heart, and then I think of someone, or it could be a pet or a spiritual teacher, someone whom you are deeply grateful for, someone who you love with such. Joy and appreciation, and you allow yourself to expand your chest area with that, with your feelings for this person, this being. And I, I would do it with my cat, for example. Uh, and my thought would be how much I I'd love her and just so appreciate her, and she delights me. And so I would just hold. And other people might do it with a grandchild, you know, in their mind, or a grandparent that passed, but whom they loved so just feel your love for this person and then expand that to fill your whole body up and down into your head and your feet and when you get to your head invite your mind to rest in the heart and to imagine it sort of resting in a hammock in your heart and just it can just be and just be held in this loving energy it doesn't have to figure anything out it doesn't have to act just to be in it so let it be nourished by that and that'll calm your mind Mm -hmm. And then continue to expand this loving energy into every cell. And I, I like to say with my clients, you know, expand it into every cell. This is your love. Let it nourish you too. Because uh, so many people don't know how, you know, they think I don't know how to love myself. Well, this is how you love yourself. It's an energy. And so you connect to the energy because you think of someone you love. whoa it's, it's creating that energy in you, but own it as your energy because it is yours. It's your energy, your love for them. So turn it on, give it to you too. That same energy. And then take it out to the edges of your body and then spill it over into the space around you and create like a bubble Mm -hmm. around you of this loving energy with a nice Teflon shield on the outside. And anything that disturbs you, place outside the Teflon shield. It can allow, you know, you can address it another time. Right now, you're just seeking peace. Mm -hmm. And so you're filling your field with this beautiful, peaceful energy, this loving energy. And then your system, your whole body's now in a field of of loving energy. Your physiology will calm automatically. And that will give you more resourcefulness for what what you need in the moment. There may be something you need. You may need a glass of water. You may need to to go for a walk in nature or something or pray, whatever. But it'll it'll come to you what you're most needing to do. And part of you may want to take action. And that depends on what part of you it is. Like the ego may be angry and want to protest or or hurt somebody or whatever. If you tune in to see what's the right thing for me to do right now, and sometimes there's nothing for you to do, especially Mm -hmm. if it's like across the world, you can't do anything. You might want to donate to some agency to help with the restoration or, you know, uh, if that feels right to you. But if, if there's nothing for you to do, then just send love mm-hmm. to those who need it, you know, to those in that p- the part of the world that's affected. Just send them a, a beam of love and, and, and ask for, you know, angelic help for them. You know, they're struggling. And They may not be in a place to call upon spirit, so you can do it for them. You can call upon on their behalf for, for help. Now, spirit will interfere, but it will help them with their feelings mm-hmm. and with their emotional state and help provide them... And it may it may actually provide some safety. Who knows what kind of synchronicities might happen as a result of, of your your care. You don't specify how they should be helped, but mm-hmm. you just ask. And with the Course in Miracles, I will ask for a miracle on their behalf, not knowing what that means, not knowing what mm-hmm. that will look like for them. I leave that entirely up to their higher self and spirit.
0: That's so beautiful. And that's in my opinion. A great place to end this part of our conversation with a powerful yet simple tool that people can use in many ways in their life. So I want to thank you so much for... I'm glad I asked the question. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Before we close this part of our conversation, please let people know how they can get in touch with you, and where to find your book.
1: Well, the best place is on my website, Mm -hmm. which is energyisreal.com, which is also the title of the book. There they will, if they're interested in, uh, they can buy the book. There's links to Amazon uh, on the website, including uh, Amazon and Nook and a couple other uh, paperback bookstores. But also they can get the Kindle version, which is just, just came out, it's actually available on Kindle Unlimited for free for a limited time. I think uh, it's probably got 60 days le- left on it. So if, if anyone uh, w- wants to have a Kindle version, they could um, they could get it through the Kindle Unlimited program for free. Um, otherwise, uh, for those who just want to learn a bit more, the website is full of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've provided links to various research sites on energy and, w- w- you know, articles and that sort of thing. And the website also includes six free audio downloads. That'll get them started, right? They can begin the journey of exploring human energy by starting to open their own awareness. And they can contact me also through the website. So there's, there's a contact us form. They can make any inquiries. And there's also a, a frequently asked questions section.
0: So I want to thank you again, Gail, for sharing your wisdom with the Evolving Humans community, and I'm looking forward to another conversation with you.
1: Me too. Thank you so
0: much for having me. That's our time for today. If you liked this conversation, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or at evolvinghumanspodcasts.com. I look forward to reading or hearing your feedback. I'll leave you with this quote to contemplate as you go about your day. Awakening means you've come home to yourself, that consciousness has shifted back to its original nature, Anonymous.